This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 365 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, The Belgian and the Ring. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Uncle Jimmy's and EasySignsOnline.com. Road to the Horse competitor Adam Tarpley starts a monthly training tip on getting outside the ring, and we do a breed highlight on one of the most popular draft breeds, the Belgian. Plus, our Tack and Habit Pick of the Week is an app called Equitrail. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop calls. It's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. I get to see you in three days. I know. It's been a long time. That's what? Probably since, uh, were you in Last January at, at uh, Ada? No, I think. No. I don't think you were. What it was, was just I me, I think. <laughs> it was just you. Yeah, Jennifer um, didn't even come, I don't believe. That's right. Uh, yep. So it was just me. Yeah, it's been a year since we saw you last. Ye- no, we didn't even go to, I didn't go last August. Oh, it's been more than a year then. The last time I went to Ada was the pre was it one a January ago, one year January. Wow. Yeah. So it's been that why do I feel like I've seen you in between though? I know. I was thinking the same thing. I don't know. Where but did we're we gonna see get to see each other this weekend. <laughs> of course, what we're talking about is the American Equestrian Trade Association that we've done since we started this show. Um, we want to thank them for continuing to invite us out. It's a lot of fun for us to go see the new products that are coming to market. And we get to ask this question every time, and I hate to disappoint everybody, but this is not an open-to-the-public show. This is a trade show where the wholesalers meet the retailers. So we're invited as the uh, radio network for for the American Equestrian Trade Association. And we'll be doing a bunch of interviews like we always do every year about new products. And then Helena's joining me Monday morning for Horses in the Morning live at 9 a.m. And we'll be just go to horsesinthemorning.com and you can listen to that or we'll put it out. Also, that same show will go out on the Stable Scoop feed next week. So you'll get to hear it either way. However, if you want something really cool, if you want to see Helena's gorgeous face, then you have to you have to get Periscope on your phone. Download the app Periscope. It's a live video app, and it's pretty cool. And the like, when you get into Periscope, like Horse Radio Network, and we are going to be Periscoping all weekend, doing live video all weekend from the show, and Jennifer is going to Periscope the whole entire Horses in the Morning show on Monday mornings. So you actually get to see the products too that's like real live tv but it's not tv it's it's a real live webcast it is it is really cool and and uh periscope makes it so easy and you can follow along so well what Uh, are we going to call it 
I mean, obviously, it's Periscope. Is it a scope cast? A pericast? Oh, I, you know, they do have names. I'll have to look them up what, they, what they're calling them now. There's a couple of people really getting into Periscope. Uh, I don't know if they're calling it a scoping or well, what they're calling it. But If there was like a generic name. So for, you know, like we were talking about last week, when we first started um, broadcasting video over the internet, they were called webcasts. Right. Then it became... Um, podcasts, which is just really audio. Yeah, webcasts were in there somewhere. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, webcasts. Webcast. We started with webcasts, which I guess includes video, right? Yep. And then, but so really now it's just video, online video. Yeah, and this is webcast. live streaming video. So then that's actually more like a webcast. And well, the thing is, it used to be hard to do live streaming video, but now with this app on your phone, you just hit play and that's it. It just pops up and people can come in and watch and tap on the little screen and give us little hearts. They give us well, hearts. Well, see, I want to know what this is. This, is this a netcast? What do you call a periscope? I, I, per, uh, everybody just I need says I'm periscoping. <laughs> I need to give it a name because... <laughs> All right, while you're doing that, while you're giving it a name, and then next week we're going to be heading up to your house. So we're excited about that, coming up to visit you. We're going to have fun. We are going to have fun. We're going to go over to Newport, do tour the mansions. Jennifer and I did that on our honeymoon. We went to Newport, Rhode Island, and toured the mansions 28 years ago. So this will be our first time back touring the mansions since then. And of course, you can go see them every day and see something different. <laughs> I ha- you you can actually. There's there are a bunch of them, and then there's the Cliff Walk, which is fun. You can see their backyards and stuff. Oh, um, so cool. I, I've only been to two, and both of them were just awesome. They're they're really cool. You can do like the little headsets, you know, and walk around oh, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. can. But I don't like that. I don't. I don't. It, I feel like it detracts from my she doesn't own want senses. To be educated. She just wants to look. I like to, well, I look and then I wonder and then, you know, I come back home and I Google everything and I look it up or I read about it. Heaven forbid we should read. But I find that the little somebody speaking into your ears, like it, it conflicts with my own senses, (laughs) like my eyes and my ears and my sense of touch, you know, (laughs) but you're right. You could, you could go back a hundred times and see something new every day. And it is, uh, we're going to kind of miss this next week because of the timing, but uh, it is it is coaching week and next weekend at Newport where all the super wealthy people get together with their big coaches and their horses and they show off all of their finery and, and uh, have a good time with fancy parties that I wouldn't be able to afford to close for. So yeah, Well, it's, I, I looked into what it would cost to go and I... <laughs> <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> No. And I'm, you know, I'm one for digging into my pockets for a fancy gala, yeah. especially if it has to do with horses. But I, I, bleh, no, I can't. <laughs> that ain't happening. So we're just going to go like tourists. How about that? We'll go like tourists and uh, we'll check that out. So well, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just looking forward. I've never been to Little Compton. Jennifer has, but I have not. I've not seen your farm yet in all these years. So we're gonna, you haven't. Yeah. I know. I hope you enjoy it and have a lovely fun. time here. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. I'll be in New England without going to Massachusetts. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, you and Massachusetts don't get along very well. No. Sorry, Massachusetts. We just don't get along. All right, let's do this. Let's head off to our first guest. We are going to start with our monthly training tip with Adam Tarpley from Tarpley Performance Horses in Merkel, Texas. Merkel, I like that name. Hello, folks. Uncle Jimmy here, and welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy brand products, where funny names mean serious products. Featuring Uncle Jimmy Squeezy Buns, the squeezably soft hand treat that your horse will love. 
the award-winning Uncle Jimmy's Hangin' Bowls, Uncle Jimmy's Sugar-Free Bowl, the incredible Licky Thing, also in Sugar-Free, the amazing Uncle Jimmy's Pecker Wrecker, and the Big Licky. The infamous Uncle Jimmy Hangin' Ball was first designed by me for my own horses to help reduce the bad habits which come from stall boredom. It now can be found around the world. This nutritious flavored filled boredom buster will help keep your horses occupied and happy around the clock. Properly hung, it will last for weeks, provided you don't let your horse pin it, and Uncle Jimmy knows who you are. The ball comes in four flavors, apple, carrot, peppermint, molasses, and now sugar-free. Once again, welcome to the world of Uncle Jimmy's brand products, where funny names mean serious products, and satisfaction is 100% guaranteed. Well, Helene, as I said, we have Adam Tarpley on with us. I met Adam and his lovely wife at Road to the Horse. We spent a couple roads to the Road to the Horses together, didn't we, Adam? Yes, we sure have. And Adam competed two years ago at Road to the Horse as a wild car competitor, so we got to watch him down in the ring. And tell us a little about Tarpley Performance Horses. Well, we mostly specialize in uh, 30, 60, you know, 90-day foundation uh, work. We raise a few uh, well-bred kind of rain-in, rain-cow horse type of horses, but then most of our clients are, are foundation cult starts and just foundation work. Do you do English and Western? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We we don't we cover all the disciplines. We're not we're not uh, discipline specific or event specific. Uh, we've we've had some cow horses, some ranch horses, uh, gosh, some barrel horses. We've had some going to the the mounted shooting stuff and had a couple of mustangs in. And we you know we we don't uh, we don't discriminate any. We just we just bring whatever. <laughs> Whatever needs whatever needs to work, you know. When you lay down a good foundation, that that really sets them up to to go into any genre and any event that you want to do. They've got to have a foundation before they can do anything else. So when you so get a horse really in, when you get a horse in for the first time, um, what's your process for getting to size him or her up and and giving him or her a chance to get to figure you out? What's that first introductory time like for you guys? We go into the round pen, and uh, you know I don't do a lot of driving around. I don't chase them around until they face up. We just kind of figure each other out, and and uh, you know I've got I've got my groundwork that I go through, and it's it's a little different from from some people's that we we've rode we've rode and learned me and my wife both from a lot of different different people over the years. So we just take bits and pieces of everybody's stuff that we've learned and just fill them out. Uh, not a, not a not a ton of pressure, but see how much respect we have. Uh, see if they'll give to a halter, if they'll follow their nose. If you know if their feet will follow their nose. You know if I give them a direction, are they are they going to follow it, or are they just going to push through the pressure and 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 run in, run into the pressure that I'm putting on them and go the opposite direction. And that 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 really tells me a lot uh, right there. You know, just just ask them to move around and follow their nose and 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 to go somewhere. Uh, yeah. Will they let me have? Will they let me have their nose? And when I ask them to move, will they move? And will they move off quietly and calmly, or will they bounce around like a BB in a tin can? You know, uh, and and then take me skin, and yeah. then then we just adjust the program from there. 
So you get them in, you put them in the round pen, and you figure each other out. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. There's, there's just a lot of feel. That's that's the hardest thing to teach is is feel. You can you can preach to preach to someone all day long and and tell them how to do it, but but there's so much feel that goes on with the horse that you just you just have to learn it. And the only way to learn it is to get in there and screw up. Yeah, and it becomes so, such a when you do it so much like you do, it becomes such a. Um, it, it becomes intuitive. You can't really, you can't stop yourself at any point in the process and say, Oh, I just did X, Y, and Z. It, it, it's like a song that's playing in your body and in your mind and the horse is hearing it. It's, um, yes, ma'am. Very, very much, uh, okay. very much. It's, and, they're, and they're just like reading people, you know, y'all have to get on there and, and talk to people and, and, uh, you know, whether you've talked to them before or not, you fill them out pretty quick just by the tone of the voice and how they're talking or not. And whether y'all need to interject and, you know, get get a little more life out of whoever's on the other end of the line with y'all, and it, it's the same thing. You know, and mm. you know it's face to face and in person with these horses, uh, but it, it's just like reading people. Hey, he just uh, described our whole job in one sentence. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yes. It's just like reading people. I think he's trying to take <laughs> our job, Helena. I think. That's Good. <laughs> Adam, I love uh, that. That's a pretty big shoe to fill. <laughs> Adam, you know, it, now your wife, Shorty, was she an English rider? Do I remember her doing jumpers or something? Yes, yes. She she's rode hunters and jumpers and and uh, hunter under saddles, and she, she's done a little bit of everything. Now, is her real name Shorty? No, no, but that's about all she'll answer to. No, I mean, I don't even know. I don't think anybody knows what her real name is. She probably hasn't even told you. Uh, oh, it, it, she keeps it under lock and key. <laughs> Smart girl. I have to tell you, Alina, a quick story. When I was heading to Road of the Horse two years ago, I flew up, and I ended up sitting beside this lady, and we got talking, and she said, oh, I'm going to Road of the Horse, too. And we're just ta- we ended up talking the whole way up there, and it turned out, then I saw her at Road to the Horse, and it was Shorty's mom, who lives in Florida. Uh, we flew up together. And then when I got on the plane to come home from Road to the Horse that year, I get in the plane and I sit down. And who comes and sits down beside me but Shorty's mom. So we flew home together, too. So <laughs> it's a small world. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't, I didn't know y'all were on the plane. I know y'all, went, y'all flew on the same plane back home, but I didn't know that. Uh, oh, yeah, we sat together the whole way. That, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I had, a, I had quality time with your mother-in-law. So, oh, wonderful! She's a lot of fun, isn't she? Oh, she's a trip. <laughs> she's a <laughs> real estate agent. Or she is, was it real estate or insurance? I forget now. Uh, uh, no, she's a, a estate planner. That's right. That's right. For the senior citizens down at the villages. That's what I, yes, I remember. Yes, yes. Sir. And she, yes, sir. She'd be great at that. Well, Adam, what are we talking about this month for our training tip? Well, I was on the talk about the importance of getting horses outside and get them out, get them out of the round pen and get them out of the arena and, and, and just traveling. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of people that, that I've talked to say, you know, I just want a good, quiet, calm, like, like just a good ranch horse. That's where I want my horse to be. And the, the only way those horses are made is, is they get outside in their road. You know, they, they don't they don't just lope around in a circle for twenty, thirty minutes in the arena and then get put away. Uh so so much uh so much can be done just just not training on a horse, but just traveling. Uh I I bring these dumb horses in and some of them have been started and some of them haven't. 
but uh, usually the ones that have been started and are needing some kind of fix, something went wrong in, in their in their past or in their training in the past, and the, the best solution for them is to just get out of their head and get out of their face and just go just go travel and and i'll i'll just take them to the pasture and, and we'll just go trot and we may trot for an hour hour and a half just through the trees and across the creeks and through the draws and just just go out and travel and let them be a horse it, and it's amazing what it what it does to their brain uh those that need help it kind of resets them and those that don't need help it teaches them how to be efficient because they're having to learn how to carry all that new weight on them, you know, as a young horse. And, uh, gosh, they just get more balanced and mentally collected and calm. And, and that, that's the only way, uh, really, that's the only way to get an all around horse to me is, is to just get that quiet calmness where they just, they just give it to you. Anytime you ask, they're just like, okay, I'm, I'm good. We can, we can trot and I'm going to be efficient because I don't know how long we're going to be here. I don't know how far we're going. You know, too, I think it applies to the rider, too, right, Helena? I mean, Helena's a fox hunter, so, you know, getting out uh, on the trail, getting out, you know, in the field in your case, boy, if you can ride that, you can certainly ride anything in the ring. Um, well, <laughs> well, let's, let me, let's back it up I for meant a safely <laughs> in the ring and not, you know. Um, no, well, this is, the, the, I would love to have Adam work with my horse because the, you, you would think that would be the case. You know, well, first of all, I haven't, I haven't been out hunting in a quite a long time, um, at this point. And so I'm, I've been doing a lot of trail riding and yes, the more we're out there, the longer we're out there, the more efficient and responsive he gets, um, and more focused, interestingly. But what I find though, is that my particular horse likes to be out and about so much that it's hard for me to get him focused in the ring. He's actually much more easier to school when we're outside on the trail than he is in a ring. He's safe in a ring for the most part, but, um, so do you ever see that happening? Like where they just, they'd much rather be out on some kind of adventure than, um, putting their brains to work in circles. Yes. 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 Uh, actually the, the wild card horse that, uh, that I brought up there, my big bay. Uh, we call him Big Country, but the one I competed on there, he's he's very much that way. He's uh, he's he's a he. Me, I'm stumbling over my words. He he loves to just go travel and see new country and just go and just go. He's not he's not an impulsive horse, but he likes to have a job. So for me to just go in the arena and just load some circles, he goes why? What's the point? So I, I giving giving those horses a job and. Uh, mentally stimulating them is is the best solution for that. You know, you have to. I have to give him a reason, not just because I said so. So I have to keep it. Uh, his program and his training, I, I really have to keep him uh, mentally engaged, not just loping mundane circles. If we're not going and traveling to the pasture, so he's got stimulus, you know, trees and creeks or bushes, you know, or, or, or gathering cattle or something like that to keep him stimulated instead of just this perfectly manicured arena, then then I have to challenge him physically and not just loping faster, but asking for collection or half passes for a longer amount of time and stuff like that. So I have to challenge him that way, but as long as his brain is still under control and collected. 
So do you think that um, fun little gymnastic exercises in the arena is a good way to keep their brains stimulated while they are, um, while you are surrounded by walls? Oh, very much. Very, very much so, yes. Uh, you know, even, yeah, even these young horses, they're, they're looking around and, you know, I'll, I'll challenge them in short amounts of time. And and then let them go free, and and them, whenever I let them go, uh, it, it, what I mean by let them go, whenever I ask them to collect and things like that, and then and then let them relax and travel, that's that's their relaxation. That's that's their time that they get to just just travel and, and not have to be put to work. And then they go to spooking and looking at a sign or looking outside. And I want to go over here. I want to go there. I say, well, that's fine. If you have all that energy, then we'll just go back to work for a little while. Mm. And I don't, I don't go faster. I don't crowd them. I just, I just pick them up and say, well, it's a lot easier to just lope around and go quietly than it is to, you know, trot at a half pass or lope a half pass or just go sideways down the fence or, you know, wherever the horse is at. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? I think. A hundred and ten percent. I wish you weren't in Texas. I wish you were up here in New England. Before we run out of time, you know, there's another side to this, too. And, you know, we talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago as Gracie actually, uh, Helena's daughter's 11 or 12 now, and she just got out of the ring and did her first trail ride, which I think has changed over the years because when Jennifer was growing up, you know, a hundred years ago, um, don't tell her I said that, uh, the... You didn't have rings. They just rode their horses wherever. You know, they were riding them through town. They would ride them everywhere. It's kind of the same probably for everybody that grew up in that generation in Texas. Now it's changed because you're you're taking lessons in a ring when you first get started. And th- so it's exact opposite. You're actually in the ring first and then out on the trails. So yeah. it's uh, yeah. it also applies to people, too, you're, what you're talking about. Oh, very. Oh, yes. Very, you know, very much. Uh, it, it builds a, a better seat. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever you're going down the trail and or trotting through the pasture, you're, you're having to turn your body and move with the horse and, and you're, you're more focused on where you want to go because if, if you don't have a focus then you're just going to run into a tree, you know? So if, if you're not turning your body and saying, let's go this way, then, then the horse isn't going to follow you, you know, and in the ring, it takes twice as much focus because, Unless you have barrels and cones and things like that, but just an open, open arena, then it takes twice as much focus to to get your horse to to go with you where you want him to go, uh, as far as just moving off of your body and 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 paying attention to to where to where you want to go. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Because because yes. when, you're, when you're going down a trail through the pasture, I mean you're gonna you're gonna twist your body, you're gonna turn, you're gonna move with the move with the horse more. Because you're looking at the trees, you're looking at the trail, which direction it's turning and twisting. And, well, and up and down along. too. I mean, which is something you don't have in the ring. Um, yes, very much, yeah. very yeah. much. Makes you makes you such a better rider. Yeah. Well, very yeah. good. Thank That's you, cool. Adam, for this. Where can people find you? At tarplerperformancehorses.com. That's T-A-R-P-L-E-Y, com, And he's out of Texas. But I know you do a lot of work for people all over the place. So if you want to yeah. get in touch with yeah. him, just uh, head over to tarplerperformancehorses.com. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England-style farm signs, their most popular line of signs. 
New England-style farm signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. On that step, we have uh, Dr. Michael Stone, who is the Belgian Draft Horse Board of Directors President, and we are having him on. He's from the Belgian Corporation, which is kind of the registry for the Belgians here in the United States. Good morning, Dr. Stone. Hey, good morning, Glenn. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, Helene and I had the fun, the privilege of attending the World Percheron Congress up at the Big E last year, and we had a blast. And I've owned Percherons in the past, so I'm partial to draft horses. And we've never done really a breed highlight on the Belgian. So tell us a little bit about the history of the Belgian. Um, the Belgian draft horse um, actually was imported. The first ones were imported in um and got organized as, uh, in the, about 1887. And uh, they started in uh, Wabash, Indiana, with the Importers Association, with uh, J.D. Connor. And um, that's when uh, we started being recognized as a specific breed here in the United States. And now we've transitioned to the Belgian Draft Horse Corporation of, uh, of America. And that's where we house the database for the, the registry. Why was it not like, you know, like all of the others are associations? Why why was it a corporation and not, you know, an association? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of believe that a little bit. J.D. Connor, who was the founding person, was a lawyer. Um, and I got to believe that he was, um, his major concern was preserving the integrity of the horse. And um, my guess, he felt probably that from a use of the legalities of stuff that it would be the easiest way would be to form a corporation is probably how it how it started. Okay, cool. But it acts, though, kind of like the Morgan Associate Breed Association and all of those, right? I mean, it kind of acts as that same oh, yeah. registry. Okay. It, it's, it's exactly like that. Um, what's interesting is I attend the National Pedigree Livestock Council and all of the different breed registries come together, you know, Angus and Hereford and Quarter Horse. And I, I don't care what the size of the organization is and how many animals you have in your registry. Um, they all deal with the same issues, the same um, um, problems and the same uh, things that are happening. It's, uh, it's very, very interesting. So what do you spend most of your time focusing on when you have um – meetings of your organization you how often do you get together and then what did what typically comes across your desk what are you discussing these days about belgians i would say um we meet uh, we specifically meet at least twice a year um that we meet physically to see each other there's nine of us directors and um the other times we're having maybe phone conferences or or different things but the major things that we're addressing is um, first and foremost is, is the integrity of the database and making sure that uh, 
that are we're doing the proper um, uh, checks and balances to make sure that you know that the signatures are signed. If there's any questions, if the staff in the office have any concerns or questions, or there needs to be something done outside of the rules, that all has to be agreed upon by the board of directors as an appeal. So part of our our meeting together is what we call an appeal process, where individuals will let's say somebody just accidentally canceled a um, a registration paper. Well, the office doesn't have the authority just to make just reenact that again. That has to be an action by the board and stuff. So um, most of our time is spent with that. The other part of it is that we get kind of pulled into is promotion um, of the horse and stuff. And you know, a lot of us, our nine directors, were very passionate about the horse. And I guess trying to instill that passion and that love in, in other people and stuff by you know different contests, exposure, um, taking them to events. Um, the Belgian draft horse has is tremendously diverse in that it, you know, it does the show portion, it does the farming, it does the pulls, it does the riding. Um, I think we're pretty fortunate that we have a horse that is as diverse um, as what it is. But it really, it really is a, a farm horse, a, a country farm well, horse. Yeah, you go to Lancaster around. County, Pennsylvania, where I grew up, and you're going to see those Amishmen out there yep. with Belgians. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there. You know, a lot of people when they when you when you say Belgian, the first thing that they conjure up in your mind is you know that that horse that you see as you're driving to Amish country that you know that says um, you know that you see out there. But the horse actually does look. I mean, you get into the show ring and some of the very elite athletes are much uh, much more slender, taller, um, have a lot more animation. Then you go to the pulling ring and those horses are probably half the height, but twice as wide. And, uh, and again, it's kind of interesting. You know, the board gets um, asked many times, like, uh, you know, we need a breed standard. You know, how do, how do we know what to, how do we know how to make this horse if the, the board doesn't give us some direction in a breed standard? And, you know, my, my response is, is you will never probably see the board that I see right now giving out a breed standard because it's such a diverse animal. Mm. Um, and um, I really believe that probably the breeders, and the users of the horse should really be dictating it, uh, what it should look like and how it works and stuff. Probably not coming from a committee of nine. <laughs> you know, it was interesting because I asked an Amishman once, I said, why do you use the Belgians rather than the Percherons or some of the other draft breeds, the Shires and that <clears> kind of thing? And his answer was because they're shorter. They tend to be that shorter, draftier, stockier horse. And <clears> for them, when they're putting on the harness every day and working with those horses every day, they don't want the 18-hand ones. They want the 16-hand yeah. ones that can do the work of the 18-hand ones, you know? And uh, so that's what, what he said. And it made sense that if you're going to have a working horse that's going to be out there plowing, that you, you don't want to deal with the 18-hand ones all the time, you know? Um, right. You know, in the show ring, it's a little different. The biggest horse I've ever seen in my life was at the Pennsylvania Draft Horse Sale, where I brought a couple of my Percherons, and they had a Belgian there that was 19.3 hands, and that was the biggest mm -hmm. darn stallion I've ever seen in my life. It was scary big. <laughs> we need to, we need to get you converted, Glenn. You know that. 
I'm a black horse guy, though. See, that's the problem. You, you start making those Belgians in black, and I'll be interested. But oh god! <laughs> now you do all different kinds of showing. There's a couple very popular Belgian uh, hitches around that do the fairs and the expos. And of course, you go to some of these uh, fairs and expos, especially like the Pennsylvania uh, Farm Show. You'll see a lot more Belgian hitches than you do any of the other breeds. Is there a reason why they're more popular right now for the guys who are out there showing in the wagons? Um, the numbers of the Belgian horse have always been quite a bit, I mean, I, quite a bit higher than the other draft breeds. Um, again, I think just because of the diversity and stuff. I know from my standpoint, I've worked with Clydesdales, um, being a veterinarian and stuff, and I've worked with Pertrons, and Belgians are tough horses. Um, they take, um, they take the stress of, uh, traveling a lot easier. Um, they're much easier to, uh, you know, to keep, um, keep them going and pushing them at, um, through those, those, those shows and stuff that are, that are happening. But, um, I, I would say, you know, a lot of people that are showing draft horses and stuff, a lot of it is, you know, some of it is the love for the horse, but also it's a social thing. And, uh, so, you know, you don't want to be spending all your time doctoring and caring for horses. You really do want to have some time to have some fun. So maybe the Belgian kind of helps you, uh, doesn't consume as much of that busy time and you can have a little more time to socialize with your friends. <laughs> I will, <laughs> I will say this, that when we had our Percherons, we did have uh, feet problems with them. Uh, we, you know, we constantly had abscess problems. And I heard that's, you know, when you get into the bigger 18-plus hand horses like we had, that you, you, they do run into those issues. And I have heard that about the Belgians is you, you tend to have less, on a whole, on an average, you tend to have less yeah. of those mm-hmm. kind of problems. Uh, yeah. You know, when those big horses, you get a, you know, a 2,000-pound horse, um, those feet are really critical. I mean, if you just look at the the numbers and put the 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 amount the amount of pressure that's being borne on that on that uh, on that foot, they're very sensitive to fevers and temperature and and stresses and stuff. And boy, if that foot goes bad on you, it's uh, it's very very uh, rough road for the horse. Are there? And, you know, we I had, think that's we been s- a really that's been a really important part of the of the Belgian breed. I think we have a lot of traditional breeders and really strong breeders that have instilled in a lot of us newcomers and stuff the importance of that underpinning. You know, um, you know, a horse is pretty, and you like to look at its head and its face and stuff, and that is an important part. But you really want to look at the undercarriage of the horse and making sure the ho- the foot is put together properly, the leg is there because if you don't have it, it you don't have a horse and. Uh, and that's been pretty instilled pretty heavily in the in the Belgian breeders. So, I, this is going to sound like a really dumb question, but you know, I'm due for one. Do 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 we import any horses from Belgium anymore, or do we pretty much have a closed system within the United States of of um, you know lines, breeding lines? Yeah. That's a really that's not a dumb question. That's a really interesting um, interesting point because um, the Belgian registry where we came from in the United States is in is in Belgium and is still existing, but that horse does not look anything like our horse here. Um, the horse that, that the original Belgian registry has in Belgium right now is what we would call here in the states a Brabant, um, and you will see the Brabant. There's um, numerous breeders in the United States that still um, maintain that, that look. Um, those horses are also in our registry. The Bourbon is a true Belgian, um, but it's the old style horse. It's a very heavy bone, 
um, a very um, it's the coloring is not as red and 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 bright as what the the Belgian is here in the states. Um, it's more of a grayer, blacker type looking horse and and stuff. Now in Belgium, so we still see we do see some Brabant being imported into the states. Um, there is another registry in Belgium as well. It's a younger registry that's probably about six or seven years old, and they are actually taking our horses back over there. We've exported um, quite a few horses back to Belgium, um, and they're being used um, in that newer registry. Um, we're also seeing some of those horses go into Germany as well and in that area. So it's actually, um, I would say right now, there probably have more horses leaving the country than we have coming in. Oh, wow. That's part of the only <laughs> breeds that that horses. happens, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, it's one of the, the times we're yeah. bigger and, you know, <laughs> the rest supersizing of the time, it works for us. Right. Our dressage riders and jumpers yeah. are always over there finding horses. So, yeah. yeah. You know, when we, uh, when we went over there originally in the, in the early, um, you know, 1800s and stuff, we were taking, I think, most of their, uh, we were looking for the lighter bones horse, the, you know, the show, you know, the, that kind of horse. And they were keeping the uh, heavier boned horses there, the, the sturdy ones. And, and they were also a dual-purpose horse, too, um, as a, a meat horse. I mean, that's something that's, you know, frowned upon here in the States and stuff, but still is um, a viable um, commodity in, in other countries. Hmm. So now, you you guys have been around. You're one of the probably oldest registries here in the United States. And I know that, you know, Belgians, obviously, in the early... In the early 1900s, were very popular for for the milk wagons and all that. They were the pickup trucks of uh, yep. of the time, right? And the small trucks of the time. And then, you know, a lot of these horses during World War One were shipped over there and never came home. Uh, and then they kind of had, you know, all of these draft breeds kind of died out a little bit and then had a resurgence. What do you, what do you look? to as the reasons for the resurgence uh, in, re- in the recent years? And when I say that, I mean the last 40 years. You know, I think um, the resurgence came, I think, with, um, uh, I think, you know, there were some really good times and more disposable income. And you look at any of the horses that surged, I mean, they all surged in that, in that time period. And, um, you know, a lot of them were using them for some tax advantages and different things. And some of those loopholes were closed up. And, and I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with um, disposable income and enjoyment. And I know, in, you know, in getting back to some of those things that their grandparents had. And um, I don't know, there's something about a horse. Um, it just grabs your soul at times. Um, you know, myself, um, my first uh, Belgian, I, I just had a love for Belgians. And I'm probably one of the fewer on the board that, you know, my great-grandparents, my grandparents, my parents didn't have Belgians. I'm a first-generation Belgian owner. And uh, my first horse actually came out of uh, Kelly's Island, an uh, um, island out here in the middle of Lake Erie. And uh, that was probably back in uh, early 1980s. And holy cow, I guess got a- addicted, I guess. And, you know, now today I probably have around 35 head. And um, it really, uh, it can really grab you. There's something about being around a horse that's just... Uh, um, calming, I guess, or, or just kind of get you back to the basics. 
Well, now you uh, you said I, I said, well, how many do you have? Because sometimes when we ask that question, we get an answer like fifty, and we that we weren't expecting. So, but you notice we yeah. don't say, "Do you have one?" We yes. say, "How many?" How many? Yeah, 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 Nobody has yeah. one. Uh, we have around thirty-five head. Right oh, now. see, there you go. Uh, do you know how many bales of hay that is, Helena? Every day, thirty-five yeah. head of Belgian. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> It's not the hay, it's also what comes out the other end. You know, yeah, that's that's with. exactly right. <laughs> that's true. That's exactly right. And they, do they tend to be easy keepers in terms of diet? I, You know, the, the, the yeah, yeah. bigger horses tend you know, to be that's easy. The thing. Well, you know, I think the instinct is is that these big horses are just going to eat you out of house and home, but they're actually a, a cold-blooded. I mean, they, are, they have a very slow metabolism you know, with a heart rate of, you know, 40 to 50. Um, so they really don't consume as much. They're pretty easy keepers. Um, I think the hardest part for a, a person that's going from light horses to heavy horses is to understand how big a stall and how rough they are on things. I mean, they go up to lean up against the gate to scratch, and it's like uh, the gate's bent in two. So it's, you know, I think yes. they don't really quite realize how uh, how big and strong they are. Yeah, they used to take our barn apart. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and yeah. they didn't try to, but you know, you have that no. move, at, you know, kicking a wall for some reason. That board's coming out. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, this has been fun. Uh, you have an event coming up. We were at the World Pertron Congress, but you also have a version of that that's coming up as well. Yeah, um, we have what we call the North American Belgian Championship. Um, this will actually be the eighth one. Um, it's kind of like our Olympics. Um, it's held every four years, and we alternate between uh, the United States and Canada. And um, in 2008, it was in Indianapolis, and then 2012, it was up in uh, Manitoba, Canada. And in 2016, um, we will be in Springfield, Massachusetts at the Big E facility. Oh, same place and we were, were really, for the Percherons. Yep. Yep, yeah. exact same place. And um, we'll be there between, um, I believe it's October um, 11th to the uh, 16th, uh, 11th to the um, 15th. And uh, at that point, at that show, we'll have um, Belgian horses from all over North America, um, from Canada and the United States. And there'll be a pulling event. There will be the uh, farming event. There will be um, harness events. There'll be halter events. Um, riding events, and we're going to do some uh, barrel racing and you know everything just to, to showcase the diversity of the Belgian horse um, to the public. And how many do you usually get at an event like that? Uh, we'll probably have around um, probably 600 head of horses. Um, at that event, that's a, you know that's at, awesome. At fifteen hundred to two thousand pounds each, that's a lot of poundage there. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> and I, you know, this is again, this is me being shallow and superficial, but whatever, that's me. I love when the Belgians get all dressed up. I have to say, of all the heavy breeds, they tend to get turned out the nicest. You, you like know, they you're just like I blondes. <laughs> that's what it is. I, I, well, <laughs> I like her. She, she's got the right idea. <laughs> <laughs> they, I've, I, when I was a kid, I have a book. I still have it. I can, I'm looking at it on my shelf right now. The Best Loved Horses of the World. And in it was featured a Belgian. And the Belgian was all turned out for a parade. And they had red yeah. ribbons in his mane. And his tail was braided with, um, with straw or raffia, they call it. It was raffia, like a natural colored raffia and red ribbon. And and ever since then, I've like I'm looking for that one Belgian who's so perfectly turned out like he was in my book. It's a lot of fun. They they wear their turnout well, don't they? 
Yeah, they do. It's uh, it is, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, you get them dressed up, and and it's interesting too. Like the horses love it. I mean, like like my show horses that go with us, um, they love they love that idea. I mean, they love going out there and doing their thing and 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 parading around. It takes us about um, for to get six horses ready and looking good. It takes us about two hours. Um, That's to all. Get everything in place and stuff. Yeah. I thought it would take longer. Well, we usually got about we usually got about four or five people working at the yeah. same time. So yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to say ten hours. <laughs> let's talk. Yeah. That's uh, a lot of manes and yep. tails to get ready. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. Just it's, not alone. Let's not even talk about cleaning that harness for six horses. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true too. All right, that's so all. so here's another question. Here's another question. You've got all these horses to get ready. They're obviously light-colored. They're blonde horses. What is your go-to product for stain removal? Oh, gosh. Go-to <laughs> product for stain removal. You know, I tell you, like those, uh, like a Clorox, um, like hand wipe or something like that, actually works pretty good. You know, like a, you know, like a little, um, yeah, mm-hmm. just a little bit, just to clean up like a little spot on the knee or the yeah. hock, um, just yeah. to kind of clean it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. I tell you what, you go to the shows, everybody's got their little secret product, you know, that they like to use and to touch yeah. up and dab up things. And it always amazes me. You know, we spend a ton of time, you know, dabbing all over everything. And you kind of wonder, I wonder if anybody ever really sees all those little details. But we we really like to make sure that everything looks good. And and uh, we don't want to blame ourselves for anything that, that would uh, count us down. So they get pretty, pretty nice. And you know what? I don't. I don't think it would matter if anybody sees it or not because there's something. It's the joy in the process, right? It's mm-hmm. yeah. You have to. You, yeah, you enjoy diving down into that level of detail because that's yeah. that's what it's about. And I, uh, we had the opportunity to go on. Uh, I think it was an eight horse hitch when we were at the World Pertron Congress. And let me tell you, there is nothing like sitting on that wagon with eight thundering horses in front of you at a trot. It is really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, one of, the, one of the things I've often said, too, is a big difference between, from the Belgian to the rest of them is, you know, the, the I think, like, the Clydes and the Pertrons and stuff, they're a little um, more light-footed, I guess, in their movement. When I always said that if you have a six of Belgians go by, you can feel them go by. I mean, they really have a very powerful gait, um, a very, um, I mean, they just, they don't just let their foot hit the ground, they kind of hammer it to the ground. And I've often said you can you can sometimes you can definitely feel a Belgian hitch by a little uh, more. Oh well, then now we're going to have to go earth. to your show just so we can compare, Helena. We're going to have to exactly. go. Exactly, you you got to. Yep, exactly. I, do you I'm have, have a, a problem with that? Do you that? have That's celebrity cool. driving competition? Because Helena didn't get to do that, and I want to see her in the celebrity driving competition. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. Yep. There you go. <laughs> Yep. Somebody's going to teach me how to drive a horse before I can go get a... No, that doesn't matter. You don't need to know how to drive. Uh, that's the funny part. We'll just give you one of these. Yeah, we'll give you one of these that just drives itself pretty well. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, remote, I can deal with that. Yeah, she just needs a remote control. Uh, you know, exactly. Button. Well, this has been fun. It is BelgianCorpCorp.com is where you can find all the information yep. there. And I assume there'll be more information. And we'll talk. We'll definitely have you back on before next year when you have your uh, when you have the event coming up. And we'll talk more about that. We saw a bunch of our listeners out at the last one. So maybe we'll I'll talk to your PR people. And maybe we can arrange to come up and do a show from there. That would be sounds fun. Sounds great. Sounds really good. That would be awesome. All right. Sounds like fun. Well, thank you so much, Doctor, for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. 
Well, that was fun. You know, uh, I just love the draft horses. I really do. I've always been yeah. partial to ponies and drafts. I yeah. don't know why. I don't know why, I, I, you know, I'm not partial to the ones in between. It's just the little ones and the big ones. I've always been that way. Oh. Just, okay. I don't, know, I don't know why. Well, you know, you're a fringe kind of guy. That's it. <laughs> you're a fringe kind of guy. You know, an early adopter and all. <laughs> Geek. <laughs> hey, I do want to mention too uh, uh, that we with the the listeners can be very proud. We've been getting a lot of love. I did an interview for, I did an interview for a guy by the name of David Jackson who runs the School of Podcasting, which is where people go to learn to podcast. He's been doing that since two thousand five, and I did an interview for him last week. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but. Um, I have it posted on my Facebook page at Glenn the Geek, if you scroll down a little bit. And it's been getting very good reviews and kind of making a stir in the podcasting world. So Ah. I've been getting a lot of response to it. And Dave said he's been getting a lot of response to it. And there's a lot more people in the world that know about horses now. I've had, uh, I counted this morning, I've had 19 requests for interviews now for different podcasts. Yes. Uh, I told them all, look, I got to, Get a Helena's first. I'll talk to you after. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I got yeah. priorities. <laughs> <laughs> Taking time off is my priority. So yes, sir. Yeah, but I was flattered about that, and everybody should be very proud. The horse world's getting a little love outside the horse world right now, and uh, it's all thanks to our listeners and our hosts. And and I'm going to tell everybody too. What day of the week is this? Uh. Today? Yeah, this is. We're recording on Wednesday. We're, yeah. Everybody should take a look at uh, two things: horsehubby.com. I don't know if you saw that, Helena, but if you I go, saw your announcement, but I didn't actually get in there. Yeah, if you go to horsehubby.com, you're going to see that my friend Timothy, um, who is Elisa Wallace's husband, who does this, who is the eventer yep. and the the uh, Mustang trainer. Uh, did an article called Glenn the Geek, America's Horse Husband, and it was a very good article. He was, he was very kind. Uh, and he and I are going to be starting a episode of Horses in the Morning every month uh, called the Horse Husbands episode. And that's going to start in September, and it's going to be only guys. So we are going to do a episode of Horse Husband or of uh, Horses in the Morning every month, like we do with some of the others, the CHA and stuff. Only it's just going to be him and I, and it's only going to be Horse Husbands. We're going to have no women that are going to be allowed on that episode. So it should be interesting to see how that goes. We're going to actually not do that one live because he has a real job. So we're going to record it in the evening when we can have alcohol. So that's. <laughs> Because that makes man men we're talk. We're going to all hang out in our man caves, and we're going to chat. So <laughs> that's, right. that's what we're going to do there. He's a super nice guy and a good writer. If you have not read some of his stuff about being a horse husband, uh, I love his titles, too. Camera in one hand, a lead rope in the other, excitement and intrigue, smells like victory. I mean, he just, uh, is your wife's horse raiding your closet? I mean, he just has some great fun <laughs> stuff on here. <laughs> Uh, He's a good writer. Uh, I really like what he does. So we're looking forward to working with them and and developing a relationship with them. You know I've always wanted to do a horse husband thing, but I've always been waiting for just the right guy to do it with, and obviously this is the right guy. Yeah. Uh, The other thing, too, is uh, if everybody watches Horse Nation tomorrow, including you, Helena, if you check out horsenation.com tomorrow, they're doing a feature article on the Horse Radio Network. So that's supposed to be coming out tomorrow, too. Horse Nation is? Yep. 
Okay. So there'll be uh, horsenation.com, a feature article on the Horse Radio Network tomorrow. Um, so we're getting a little love around the world, and it's uh, awesome. We're looking forward to meeting all of our friends at Ada this weekend and hanging out there and having some fun. So, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys. Oh man, am I looking forward to seeing you? It's going to be a lot of fun. So remember, Periscope, download it to your phone, search for Horse Radio Network. That's about what I know about Periscope. I do know it's tied to your Twitter account. And when I, we start Periscoping, there's a tweet that goes out and says that we're Periscoping. That's what lets you know to tune in. So that's kind of right. how it works. I got to make some room on my phone. I'm out of space. Is that even possible? Yeah, you need to download some of your thousand pictures to your computer is what you need to do. I don't have all those pictures on my phone. Oh, I don't know what you're doing then. I have no idea. Is music. Music ruined uh, it. I downloaded my iTunes library to my phone. Oh, and that'll, that'll do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it. All right, yeah. uh, Lena, we'll see you. First of all, give out your websites. Okay. <laughs> We've got two that are important to me besides the Horse Radio Network. If you're interested in fashion, lifestyle, and the ponderings of what it is to be a woman in today's world, go to flirtingwiththeworld.com. And if you need any marketing help, which is really my bread and butter, you can visit us online at sparkleandboom.com. If you have a small business and you need some some help, whatever it may be, websites, logo design, graphic stuff, writing, sparkleandboom.com can help you. She's really good, people. She's really Aww. good at that. You are. You're really good at that. I sent her Thanks. something in an emergency this week. We needed a poster done, and I suck at, at graphics, and she, she just fixed it up in minutes. I don't know what you did, but it sure heck looked a lot better when you were done than when I did it, so... Thank you I was, I, it's magic. I know it is. It must be because I can't do it. So you're the magician. So if you ever need graphics or websites too, I mean, you know, ours are at the point where they almost need redone again. Websites need redone every three or four years. They have like a style and ours are starting to look 1990s. It's so, true. Yeah. You do. You need I to, uh, they last, they stay in style a little bit longer than, than jeans do, you know, than the what style. Do you mean? I've been wearing the same jeans for 30 years. <laughs> Horse husband jeans. <laughs> That's right. Wranglers. Huh? What are there any other kind than Wranglers? You need to talk to Buck about that. Oh, did you fix him up? You've uh, helped him improve well, his style. Is he wearing skinny jeans now? He I he's not wearing skinny jeans, but um we did, you know, we went we went shopping and made a couple of recommendations. He follows flirting with the world religiously. And um I did Give him some style tips when we went to some special occasion events recently. And at both events, he was approached by two different people. So that's four separate occasions. He was approached by a 30-something, an un, 30-something and under, who said, who commented at how great his clothes were. He got How stylish on? he was. No, well, two are by guys. Oh. <laughs> Just saying, like... Dude, well, where'd you get that stuff? My him. girlfriend's always trying to get me to do this and do that. And it's, and yeah, he played it cool, but he was like, did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> so you might want to start thinking about, you know, updating your jeans there, horse hubby. Oh, no, I'm not going to change now. <laughs> Remind me not to go shopping at King of Prussia with you over the weekend, okay? Uh, uh, All right. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate you being here, and we'll talk to you next week with a whole bunch of products from the American Equestrian Trade Association, the new stuff. products 
and fun and silliness and we love it's just it's always fun when the whole gang gets together so make sure you mark it on your calendars when we uh well we're periscopic casting yeah whatever that is (laughs) we're live streaming all right say goodbye helena goodbye everybody have a happy week and happy scooping 